You are listening to the Park Flyer Podcast, where we discuss our RC adventures. Welcome to the Park Flyer Podcast, where we discuss the ups and downs of the new RC Flyer. Join your hosts, Michael and Jay, as they take flight at the park. Now on with the show. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Park Flyer Podcast. I'm Michael, and with me always are my co-hosts, Jay from the hills of Texas and Mike from Alaska. Welcome to the podcast, guys. How's it going? Pretty good. Yeah, yeah. good for me, too. Is it is it finally cooling off there in Texas? It is. We're having a cold front. I was actually able to put on long pants. A cold front. <laughs> long pants. Nice. And is it snowing it's cool up there, off here, too? Yeah. Yeah. You got your first snow no, yet, yet no. or not? Not yet. Yeah. You got you got terminus yeah. dust in the mountains, though, right? We do, and there's no more leaves on the trees. Those are all gone. Oh, fall, fall happened in a day, literally. Yeah. <laughs> they, they all migrate down uh-huh. to my place. That's yeah. for sure. We got we got leaves everywhere. Down well, AK Mike, you got to listen, man. So uh, I, it's since it's nice and cool here, I had to go out and mow the lawn. Believe it or not. That, so that's good. That's good. I, I spent the past two or three days mowing the lawn. What's a lawn? <laughs> <laughs> Too funny. You mean that? You mean those rocks in the front of the house? Well, uh, rocks with a little bit of that thin, else? scraggly grass on it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Uh, that's called a natural uh, exerscape. Yeah, or exactly. Just rocks exactly. Front, so. I, I don't have to mow the. I don't have to mow the. You the just rocks. shovel it. That's <laughs> just shovel the lawn. Got to yeah. shovel the lawn shovel over one stump or the other. <laughs> that's right. Just moving around with a rake. Well, tonight we are uh, talking a little bit about um, safety. Well, this episode, yeah, safety, I think. Uh, this episode has a, a funny name. It's called Burning Down the House. And mainly because uh, I had a little incident. Once again, I'm sure Mr. Neely will. Oh, come on. It's, it's, I, I'd say this is just one of those age related instances. And, and it's a good thing that you don't smoke. <laughs> that's all I'm going to say. Yes, that's true. So I, uh, you know, obviously you guys know I travel for a living, and uh, I I had my Yak fifty five. I was finishing it up, and I got a new ESC uh, for it. And as a result, I needed to change out, or actually not really change, but install the um, battery plug, you know, to accept the battery on the end of the ESC. So I sat down on my soldering station, which is in my desk and in my little hobby room, and turned it on and was messing around with stuff and I wound up soldering this um, end onto the ESC. I was all excited, so I took the airplane out, you know, got it all tested out. I was outside doing uh, a big test, and, uh, of course, the wife comes in and distracts me, and next thing I know, I'm off doing something else, which, by the way, I work the next bow, day. Chicka, bow, bow. Doing something else, huh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she distracted yeah, you, huh? Old, I have this pizza. Oh. <laughs> no, well, not quite oh, like that. Oh, but okay, just checking. I finally got the old man syndrome, and uh, as a result, I got dressed, went to work, and uh, literally was gone for four days. But what did I forget to do? Mm, don't know. Well, I forgot to turn my soldering iron off. Oh. Yeah. Oh, so my soldering iron sat at about, you know, bajillion degrees. 
uh, turned up to the max there for uh, literally four days. Now, I will tell you that before I used to just had a soldering iron that was just a pencil soldering iron, and it used to just sit in a little uh, hanger. You know, it was kind of a little tray thing. Well, that I, I burned that up. I used that up, you know, many years ago, and I wound up getting a, a a soldering station that actually has a holder. It's a metal holder that the pin goes in, or the, the soldering iron goes in, and so it's well protected. Nothing touches it. It sits on my desk. But I will tell you, for those of you that have soldered before or, or have never soldered before, if you leave your soldering iron at its max temperature for any length of time. Uh, you pretty much ruined the tip. The tip was so bad, it was starting to droop. <laughs> it actually had, <laughs> it actually had a physical curve you could see uh, when I. As a matter of fact, I had to use the pliers to get the tip out. So, needless to say, I um, got home four days later from my trip and walked into the room and thought, "Gosh, dang it! Why is it so hot in here?" <laughs> <laughs> so so over those four and, uh, days, as, you know, your wife didn't like smell anything or, or I guess it's because it's a dry heat in Arizona that you just go, oh, oh look, it must be the dry heat. I, I don't know. It can't be anything. <laughs> Everything smells like it's burning yeah, exactly. in Arizona. I live in hell. What do you expect? Um, no, she, uh, unfortunately, it's kind of in the back of the house and she never really went back there. So it wasn't like, you know, it was burning anything. It just was on. And it doesn't smell when it's on. I mean, you know, it, it solder doesn't really have a smell to it, I guess. But needless to say, I got back home and walked into my hobby room, and I, I did feel that it was a little warmer <laughs> than it should be. And as I sat down at my desk, I thought, why is my the light on my soldering station still on? So I pulled the soldering pin out, and literally the tip was just almost melting off. It, it, it had already turned... 15 shades of purple, black, you know, rust color, whatever it was. It burned all the tin. I, I could not even tin the tip. It was so bad. It it just pretty much burned up the tip, and I was not happy. So as a result, I have to order new tips because I ran to the store to get some, and they didn't have any for my particular soldering station. And now here I am online searching for uh, some soldering tips. Which is where Jay comes in. Oh, yeah, that's right. So uh, if I remember, um, you know, for our little group, I'm kind of an RC broker. So whenever anybody in our little group needs something, uh, they mention it to me. And, um, you know, I have a lot of free times on my my hands. And I I tend to search around the web. You know, my wife says I'm not a great use, but I am to these guys because I'm constantly on there finding bargains, this, that, and the other thing. And Mike's like, I can't find some tips couple of quick clicks you know i send them a couple of places you can buy tips from and uh i guess he ordered some tips but you, you started making me think because you know i used to be a safety guy and and this got me thinking well you probably need a new iron so um you know uh, yeah or something that'll save me from myself yeah. and um you know i'm also a, a big youtube guy <clears throat> excuse me and uh one of the things i was kind of youtubing and looking for stuff at the same time and and i was like well you know Maybe there's some better irons out there, and uh, I happened across this little miracle. I, it kind of surprised me because, you know, you think, is there anything new in our hobby? You know, especially for soldering, no. It's the same from, you know, from ages ago. You know, it hasn't changed much. You get a soldering iron, some solder. How much more different different can it be? I mean, other than they have some that are maybe battery-powered or 
or they're uh, but- butane powered or something to use, you know, if you're going to use it like out the field or something, but, um, there's no real changes. And, uh, lo and behold, through my quick little Google searches and, uh, looking at YouTube, I happened upon the miracle of miracles. Um, it's called the TS 100 and it is a neat iron. Uh, and, uh, so I, I put out to the guys, I said, Hey, you know, this is perfect for the old man who's fallen asleep at his soldering station. <laughs> it's super. Thank you very much. Yeah, it's super safe. I wasn't. I didn't fall asleep. Oh by well. The way. Okay. I had fall to, asleep. I had to to walk away for a few days or a week. You know, <laughs> whichever. Take your pick. <laughs> but yeah, for a couple but, of days. Uh, Four days. But uh, when I saw it, it kind of reminded me of. Uh, I think we talked a little bit about this with uh, battery chargers. This iron is so smart. It helps guys like us that are getting older. Even if you're totally dumb or, or you're, you know, don't pay attention, this iron will keep you out of trouble. It's amazing. And um, lo and behold, I went ahead and sent the YouTube video out, and I, and I was like, this thing is really cool. It does some neat gee whiz stuff. And um, I said, hey, this is the best place to buy it from here, there, or the other thing. And, and even I got excited about it. And uh, so I went ahead and ordered one, told the guys where to get one, and um, – uh, AK Mike went ahead and he got one as well. And, um, well, he, he kind of got the better deal in a sense. He got his first, like, even in Alaska, I, I was really in no hurry for an iron. So I, I did the slow boat from China and, um, AK Mike got his. So, uh, why don't we hear a little bit from him about what he thought of this thing when he got it? Yeah. What'd you uh, think about it? Uh, when I first got it, I was like, damn, this is small. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's it is it is, it is small. small. I mean, way. it comes in like it, a it came, it, a postage the, stamp. J- just the uh, handle itself, I, I can fit in. Uh, you know, from the tip of my pinky to the tip of my thumb, it's smaller than that. And I think that's you know, right. I'm not that big of a guy, and it, it it's a pretty small thing. Even with the tip, uh, it almost it barely stretches past that. You know, from pinky to thumb again. So it's it's a really small unit. So that has really good and of course bad. Uh, things with it. So like everything that Jay sends me after I take a look at it, I usually go digging deeper. And uh, as soon as I started looking at this, I found out that it had a, um, a new software you could get. So you could get open source software for it. And I was like, holy crap, that's kind of cool. So I started looking at it. <laughs> and uh, this guy by the name of uh, Brown, I think he's Ben Brown. Yeah, Ben Brown. Um, he wrote some software for it, and you could put it on your on your uh, TS100, and it does a lot of cool stuff. Um, one thing I like about it is that that software allows you to the screen display is as an LED display. I'm sorry, an LCD display, and uh, it displays it upright. But if you turn the pen completely over, it'll swap and display it upright still. So it has sensors in the iron to know what direction the unit is being held. And so the display will... So it's a, it's an ambidextrous model. Yeah, yeah, exactly. doesn't matter if you're left-handed or right-handed, you're still going to be able to read e- the screen. Exactly. And it has things like features like um, automatic off. Obviously, that's for something like for Mike to use because of his Thank you recent episode. And uh, things like... Uh, power boost you press the button it'll boost the power for as long as you're holding the button down um and 
I think one of the other big features I like about it is I could connect a battery to it. I don't have to use it off a power supply if I don't want to. Now, so so just to be clear, the firmware, which is what Mike was talking about, uh, is is installed via USB, that, right? Because the, the soldering iron has a USB port. That's correct. And so you download the software to a USB stick or just from your computer directly? Well, well for Mac, Jay, you did it on a Mac. What did you do? What did you have to do? Right. So so to kind of help our, our, our listeners out, so this is not just like, like the guys are saying. It's not your ordinary soldering iron. This is a digital soldering iron. Um, it's all newfangled, has an LCD screen like they were saying. And – as for the software we're talking about, uh, if you get it right out of the box, for most people, they may not have to you know, put on the new firmware. But uh, the neat part about this is it's open source. And really, a lot of RC guys, and as, as I was looking on YouTube, uh, it seems that a lot of quad guys are using this because they crash a lot. They're tearing off leads, stuff like that, and they have to make repairs in the field. And uh, like AK Mike was saying, uh, one of the great things about this is you can use – a power supply, or you could use anything from a three-cell to a six-cell battery, hook it up to this thing, and make it work. Uh, it's phenomenal. Now, the nice part about this open-source uh, software, firmware, is that uh, – what was the guy's name again, AK Mike? Uh, ben Brown. Yeah, so Mr. Brown came up with the stuff for some RC guys because we tend to need some hotter temperatures – this thing seems to max out at, I do believe, 400 degrees Celsius or about 800 or, or 750 um, Fahrenheit. And um, he wrote it so that it could go about another 100 degrees hotter or uh, 50 degrees Celsius hotter, and which is perfect for some of the thicker gauge wire that we have to use. But uh, the software, you know, we'll put a link in the, in the description. Um, basically, it's... Uh, YouTube video and the guy's explaining his software, his firmware, excuse me, his firmware. And, uh, it's pretty easy. It takes you to a, uh, what is it? GitHub, GitHub? No, get some, get yeah. what? No, GitHub. Yeah, get, GitHub. GitHub. Yeah, GitHub. <laughs> takes you to a GitHub page and, um, you just follow the directions down and it's pretty easy. You, uh, you just go ahead and update the Lermis, uh, the newest firmware onto the, onto the system. Um, for me, uh, I didn't have to do anything extra. I just had to load the firmware, and it was as simple as going down, getting the hex file, and just uh, when you plug when you plug this iron in, uh, it shows up uh, like a uh, like a USB stick or something. So it'll come up. It'll have a little name. It'll be empty when you look into the directory. Um, I think there's maybe one set of directions or something that's in there. And all I have to do is take that that uh, hex file. You stick it in there. You uh, unplug it, replug it back in. It automatically loads it, and you're good to go. It was pretty much that simple. Now, I use Linux, so uh, for my case, and not true for every Linux um, user out there, but I had to use a script that is provided in, in one of the directories in there. Um, but it's it's in the directory there, and if you look through the issues uh, in GitHub, uh, you can find that stuff, or we can you know post the script or something, or link to it or something if we want. A link to the post, yeah. We can do that. Yeah, it's real easy. And... So you two guys wound up with uh, this new Fangle device, and have either one of you been able to use it yet? Yeah, I used well, it. Yeah, AK Mike yeah, was I, the first, and how, so he's the he's the he, guinea. He is. He has out of the three of us, he has the most stick time. <laughs> <laughs> so so um, yes. I I liked it. What I liked about it was it's so precise. It was so unnatural to use it because I've been 
dealing with a Radio Shack 30-watt crappy iron uh, for so long. I was you put it on the light stem, you know? <laughs> yeah. I, I, That's right. You plug it in, the lights in the exactly. house. Exactly. <laughs> and so um, in this case, I just um, I, I was able to just do exactly what I needed to do and in minimal time, which is really nice. Um, the tip I got was the – I think it was the B2 or BC2. It has a flat part to it, but it comes to a point. So you can either use the point of it or you can use the flat part. And so for – I was – in my case, I was um, soldering some barrel connectors on the um, electronic speed controller. And uh, I just put the flat part against the barrel and then melted the solder like I would normally do um, into nice. the barrel. And, man, it was great. It was just right on – it's right on precise. And um, I did have to play with the power a little bit because I, I didn't know what I needed – heat wise but once i figured it out it was it just made it easy so now now this this iron comes with like five different types of tips right no no i think there's like five tips it has five different possible or more than maybe five different possible tips but it comes with one so you get to choose whatever tip that you want it it really on. depends no. where you buy it <laughs> yeah. it really depends where you buy it that's how i choose chose which tip i wanted um, I, I was looking around and I knew I wanted this tip. And so I just looked for, um, somebody that was selling the iron that I, that iron with that tip. That's how I decided which gotcha. one I wanted. Okay. Um, and, but you can't buy a, a whole rack of tips if you want. Um, but yeah, mostly it's, it's mostly the, what, what's the one that, it, that you got Jay, not the eye tip, the other one. Uh, no, I got the eye tip and then I got, yeah. um, I got the same tip that you got, the C2, the BC2, uh, BC2. With, with, with that 45-degree uh, with the you know with the flat. Yeah. So that's what I got. Most of them come with a different tip altogether. The I-tip and the BC2 tips are, I would consider, uh, tips that a lot of people want or use, which is why I think the one I bought had the BC2 tip on it because that was a pretty common tip for people to want to get. Um, but right. I, I don't know that for sure. I mean, I, without any kind of feedback from anybody, I wouldn't know. Now, uh, for Arizona, Mike, he's got a different tip than the two of us. So you got it. it should it should say it, on there, Mike. Uh, I think I got the twenty four. Yeah, it's maybe? like the D twenty four. Yeah, the D T S twenty four or D twenty four. Yeah, yeah D twenty four. Now, these tips are a little bit different than uh, the soldering iron tips that I'm used to because the soldering iron tip that I'm used to screws on or it's got a cap on it and you unscrew it and it's just a little bitty tip. But this thing looks more like a preci precise instrument. It is. It 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 has a, um, you know, like it, it's really probably it's almost as long as the as the actual unit itself, not a little longer. And it slides in. Uh, to a little a hole, but it's the entire unit, uh, not just the very tip that I'm used to. Right. That doesn't. Really no, it make doesn't. A lot but uh, we'll have to put a picture. picture so the guys can see. But yeah. uh, the neat thing about this, as opposed to like you said, usually we it, it, what we got with the other irons, it was just like this little stump, you know, stub with uh, the tip. Right. And it just obviously went against the hot plate, and that thing got hot. You know, that's how it worked. And then I guess they kind of did right. a rheostat to regulate the temperature you know lord knows what the temperature was you just you know hopefully it was hot enough or you know the, the heat of the sun this thing when you turn it on 
when you first turn it on, it will tell you the temperature in your room. Whatever the temperature of your room is, that that sensor or that tip will tell you, it'll say, hey, it's 87 degrees or it's 76 degrees in your room when you first turn it on. And then the next thing that's really neat about that, the other thing that's killer about this is, you know, our irons that we used to use used to take what, like two minutes to five oh, minutes, minutes to warm up to, to where you can start using them well. This thing, depending on what, if you're using batteries, um, will take anywhere from like eight seconds to maybe 15 or 25 seconds to heat up, which is phenomenal. And it's really weird because it has, it has a temperature gauge on there. So you can play with the temperature to, to melt the solder, you know, at whatever temperature you want. And, um, you just sit there and you're watching the gauge and what it's doing. And this thing will come to what Mike, uh, AK Mike of like a degree or two, it'll fluctuate between the two, you know, and, um, it's just neat. So it'll come on, go off, and it'll just stay at that temperature, whatever temperature you set, you know. So it's really neat. Yeah, it is ama- it's an amazing little product, actually, because it's all digital. It's not, you know, conventional soldering irons were like what Jay just said. You plug it into the wall. It's a heating element. It heats up. you got to wait 10 or 15 minutes. But this is more like a surgical tool. I mean, it, it, it really is truly amazing to see it. I, I could probably do surgery on your mic. <laughs> yeah, really. Give you a new brand. Yeah, a little cauterizing. We talked yeah. about that with yeah. Jay, right? Hey, Jay, go slice your finger off with the with the uh, quadcopter again. There. Yeah, and I, yeah, I've I've done that once or twice. I, I'm I'm good. Now, when you put this thing in, uh, does it have to go in any specific way? Or what do you What do you mean? There, you just well, because like I have the angled tip on mine, so. Do I slide it in and then turn the tip a certain direction? Well, just what you would want. Yeah. yeah. So yes, yes, you do turn it a certain way, but it's based on what you would, how you would use it. So, like, if you want to be looking oh. at the screen all the time while you're using it, then you would want to make sure the tip was pointed in a way that you would use it in your workspace. Yeah, and the, and the, with the screen LCD facing up for you. Yeah. Yeah. So, because mine, mine is way thicker than you know, it's not a fine point. Mine, I think, is larger. But I do larger size uh, wires. Right. right. And, and the reason you got the tip that you did is because um, it seems that particular tip is what the drone guys were using for their broken off leads. And those guys are typically, you know, soldering anywhere from 14 to 10 gauge wire. So, right. Right. you know, with the finer, I have, I have an eye tip, which is really, really fine. Um, it works for that stuff, but it's, it's ungainly, I guess, because it doesn't have the surface area that you have on yours where you could heat up more, you get more surface area to heat up, you know, a thicker gauge wire. Mine still works, but I'm sure you're probably going to be able to do it at a lower temperature because um, I have to crank mine way up in order to get it to work where I'm sure you're, since you have the more of the surface area to contact with, you'll be able to crank it down a little bit more and, you know, have a little bit more control. Yeah, I, that's probably true. Yeah, Jay, I think you probably have to also like – Holders at a certain angle when you're doing thick wire or something, right? In order to get it to have surface area enough to be well, able to solder. Well, one of the things you got to, when you look at the tips, you know, even though like I'd say like the first quarter of it gets really, really hot, um, the tip still, you know, for the part of the actual tip that gets heated on that, on my particular eye, eye tip, it's a very small area that gets hot. I mean, really hot to melt it's only the like solder. like a quarter inch. Right? Yeah, it's it's tiny. Um, which seems, you know, like I said, it's it's for 
soldering more precise things or smaller wires and things. And that's the reason why I got it. Um, but I have some other tips coming on the way just because, you know, I could see that, you know, that, that, that wasn't going to work for me for everything, but, uh, um, you know, just like my other iron, I had different tips too, that worked better than others, you know? Well, that, yeah, that's true. I had tips that were, I mean, cause I have like five different right. tips for yeah. that iron or I did at one time. If I was, if I was working on flight controllers or something like that, I'd probably get the, the eye tip like you yes, did, Jay. That's, but for that's, like, yeah. I think generic stuff that I do. The BC2 tip is a good choice because it has that flat surface like I was talking Mm -hmm. about, but it also Mm -hmm. comes down at an angle so that you can just put the tip of it in whatever you're touching and, you know, you, you, it's kind of a point in that respect. Yep. So it'll serve both those purposes. It won't be as good though to use on a small area like a flight controller board or something. It it might be too big for that. Well, I was just thinking you were saying you were doing bullet connectors and I know a lot of bullet connectors will have a hole in the, in the bullet connect, the top of the bullet connector. And usually you put the tip of your solder iron in that hole to get the solder to flow. Um, but in your Mm -hmm, case, you were able to just put it on right, right on the brass and, you know, heat the whole thing up. So that's pretty remarkable too. What I liked about that, Jay, is, um, when I put it on the brass, um, uh, it did actually heat the other side of it because I had the temperature such that it was only enough to heat the spot where the iron was touching oh so so on the upside i didn't make all this extra heat for the connector uh so it didn't melt the wire casing and it didn't you know it didn't right. make a ton of smoke when i was doing the solder <laughs> et cetera, like et cetera. if you're making a ton of smoke when you're soldering <laughs> you might be doing something wrong my friend <laughs> Well, I mean, like flux smoke. Oh, okay. Flux smoke. If, if, oh, okay. Oh, I was ready to yeah, say yeah. if the if the uh, smoke alarm's going off when you're soldering, you know, might want to dial it back a bit. <laughs> well, that was you know that was one of the things that I didn't like about the uh, conventional soldering irons is I was always fighting, uh, especially on a battery because I really hate to have, you know, a six cell battery hooked up to this little you know articulating arm alligator clip, and then have to sit there and hold my soldering iron onto the wire to get the wire hot enough to start accepting the solder because the solder will actually melt uh, at a lower temperature, but the wire won't take it. It'll just run right off the wire until the wire's hot enough to start absorbing some of that. And it, it never failed that I was, you know, I'd, I'd put the heat shrink at the very end of the wire and I'd have to sit there long enough that the shrunk, heat shrink where you didn't want at the bottom of the wire and not where it was supposed to be, you know, and then I'm like trying to move this shrunken heat, you know, shrink down off of the thing. It's not going to work because by the time it gets up to the connection, it's already shrunk. It, it's too hot. It'll heat it up all the way down, you know, almost into the battery, which is dangerous in itself. So it was, you know, one of those things that, you know, I'd have to kind of just play with the, try to get the clamp to hold it as tight as possible, which never was really good for the silicone, you know, part of it because then it would cut into the silicone. So it was always fearful of you know doing those batteries so but this is you're saying this will take care of that right yeah it's yeah, gonna be should be able to turn up the heat on it at a level that you know will take the wire will t- start taking the solder so so once you figure it like what jay did which is a really good idea is when he first started playing with it he took wires that he normally solders and he um started practicing with it so not on a real battery or whatever but he might take a wire that was the mm-hmm. same size as a battery just to see what heat it would take to get it to get it to the point of melting. And then, then when he did his battery the next time, it's no big deal. He already knows what temperature it should be. 
sets the temperature and right. bam. And this is a digital temperature too, right? So we can just set whatever. If that temperature's 450 degrees, then we just type yes. in 450 degrees and it, it That's turns. correct. And then each solder tube will actually have a um, a temperature that it yeah. melts at, right? Yeah. I mean, you can find yeah. that and, on, the uh, on, on the non-cheap versions of solder. It'll actually say on the outside of it, but on my version, it doesn't really tell Mystery you. Mystery solder. It was easy enough to figure. Yeah, it was easy enough to figure out. Yeah, you just hold the iron to it. <laughs> right. It starts dripping all exactly. over the desk. Well, this thing is so cool that I was, uh, like I said, I was just figuring out because I had a cheap, I had mystery uh, solder as well. And so I was just bumping the temperature up and bumping it up and bumping it up. And I was able to get the solder soft and I was able to like, I was like playing with it. I get it soft enough that I could almost shape it and then stretch it out. So it was just kind of cool just to play with it at such a low temperature. Now it's not good for doing anything, but the neat part about that is just that you can slowly, like you said, bump up the temperature and this boost mode that it has, you know, you, 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 let's say, let's say it's 450 degrees to get it, to get the solder to flow and do your project. Well, when you first start to heat that wire up, it has this boost mode and it boosts it up like 50 degrees higher than what the temperature for the solder to flow. So if you wanted to heat the wire up real quick, you hit the boost mode, it goes up to like 500 degrees, let go of the boost mode, then it creeps back down to 450 and you, you start your solder. No, you shouldn't have that much smoke. The wire shouldn't get that hot. You know, it's, it's pretty neat. The other thing that's kind of cool, if you have, instead of the silicon wire, if you have like the plastic type of wire, like a servo wire, and I know if any of you guys had servo wire and you're trying right. to solder it, you know, you, you clip off just a little, little wee bit and then you put the soldering iron and then it just wicks up the wire and the plastic all melts and you're like, yeah, I just want to put a dab of solder on this thing. Well, this thing's pretty neat that you can take the iron, put it on the plastic, figure out where the plastic, about where the plastic melts, you know, let's say it's, let's say it's 425, you know, that the plastic melts where you could set the iron, you know, at 415 and uh, get the solder to flow and you can go ahead and do your little tack job and not have to worry about melting the plastic on the, uh, on the uh, servo wire. It's pretty cool. Uh, you're talking about the uh, plastic casing that. The yeah, yeah, yeah. Instead wire. of having, right. you know, where we, you know, we're talking you battery wires, wires or the silicon, but you know how sometimes you, uh, right. on your actual batteries, you'll have the, right. uh, the uh, lead connect, not the lead connectors, the um, uh, cell count connectors that are on there, you know, Ballot, balance, and uh, balance like one of those will pop off or snap off or something. You go to solder those and they have plastic wires instead of, you know, the silicon ones and they melt all over the place. It's like on those things. It's right. really, it's really quite cool. Or in my case, I'll uh, I'll just suck up like you know half a tube of solder into one thing, and then it sticks straight out. It's not bendable <laughs> anymore. So you just have this really rock hard piece of about you know eighteen inches of solder because it wicked up. In oh yeah, stupid you know servo wire, and now it's just all. The other thing that was really cool was how how well the solder sticks to the tips. Did you notice that, AK Mike? Yeah, yeah. It it really likes the solder. Really what, likes to what stick do you mean? to these tips. I mean, I did tin it. Um, but still it right out of the box, I was just playing with it and it just uncannily stuck to it where my other, my other iron, it was hit or miss whether it was going to stick to the tip or not, or it would just roll off or, you know, the tip would oxidize and just roll off and it, you know, it was kind of worthless. Because I can keep the temperature low, um, or lower, it doesn't, it doesn't, the tip doesn't get dirty. Right. It doesn't oxidize. Yeah. So in other words, Yeah. So so um, so if you do do a job and you solder it up and then you wipe it off on the 
a Brillo pad thing or your sponge or whatever you're using, it stays clean. Um, and, and so then the next time you go to use it, you're not, not having to like, yeah, you don't clean have to it clean off it again off before you yeah, use it. It doesn't oxidize and therefore it contacts better and your solder flows better and quicker. It's, it's pretty amazing. Yeah. Just like I said, so precise. That's what I really like about it. It's a very precise tool or something that has not been precise in my life for the longest time. <laughs> this is true. I, the soldering was always hit and miss with me. I mean, I can solder and I've learned to do it, but you know, I, I turn it way up and then I touch it a couple of times. And sometimes when I'm doing really heavy gauge wire, it's a lot harder. Uh, I've gotten a couple of things lately that already had solder already on the wire mm-hmm. And I, I basically wound up just cutting it off because I couldn't get the iron hot enough to melt whatever solder glob that they had on the end of the battery or whatever it was. Uh, and I wound up just, you know, clipping it off. Hmm. But this thing should be able to Right. Well, so far, I think with this mod or this new firmware uh, that Mr. Brown came up with, uh, I, I want to say it goes up to 850 degrees Fahrenheit. So it shouldn't be a problem. It's, it's four four fifty four fifty Celsius max. Yeah. yeah, and it's and it comes out to like 800, 800, 850, something like that Fahrenheit. That's a that's a pretty hot iron. I mean, for being so small. Yep. And and like I said, it's just so. I, I just like playing, like turning it on and like putting in a temperature, and it just like zip. It's there. It, and it's weird because it, it doesn't it, – on the old iron, I mean, after a while, I mean, it's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I mean, you can see the waves coming off, the radiation coming off of it from the heat. <laughs> right. And this thing, right. I mean, it's – I'm not going to say it's unsafe because it just looks like it's just sitting there. It's not hot. You pick it up, it's not hot. And, you know – Well, it's not like – Well, you know how your iron – the irons would get – they would get warm right? in your hands. I'm not saying they get hot, but, you know, they get warm or they get kind of – the more you use it or you have it on the super, you know, you got it maxed out after a while, it, they, they tend to get a little warmish in your hands. This thing never does. You can barely even tell it's on, even when you have it maxed out, you know? So huh. to me, that was kind of weird. So if you grab the end, the wrong end of it, is it? Uh... The, yeah, that would be bad. <laughs> you, that'd, that'd you'll be notice bad that. Thing. You're that's still going to hurt. Yeah. That's going to hurt yeah. for a bit. That's still you'll hear a sizzle. What's cooking? It's going to leave a mark. So uh, let's talk a little bit about the power supply because that it's different than most soldering irons. Most soldering irons have a, a cable that's attached to it that right. you plug into the wall. Um, this is not like No, that. it does not come. This is going to throw a bunch of people uh, when you first buy it because you figure it's going to come with you know a socket or something that you plug in the wall. It comes with nothing. It just comes with the soldering iron and the tip. And you have to come up with your power supply. So um, the you could go the easiest way. Um, you can go just with your batteries. You could use any of your three to six cell batteries, um, and you're going to need a cable uh, plug, which everybody has, or you should be, should be able to find one uh, or a spare old one or something from an old power supply. It's a five by five millimeter outer diameter by two point five millimeter inner diameter, and that's typically you'll find those things on um, old computer you know, plug or laptop uh, style power supplies, things like that, or even some phone recharging, you know, power supplies. And on those, of course, they're only going to be like five volts. So if you wanted to make your own power supply with a Dean's or XT60 connector, you just cut that off, solder that up, you know, and then you have uh, a power supply. 
also, like I was just saying, if you have an old style um, laptop uh, uh, power supply, they're typically, uh, I want to say 14 to 16 volts, you know, um, and that's perfect because like I said, this thing can take up to 24 volts for a power supply. It works well with all the, those power ranges. It's just how well it, how well and how quickly it heats up. And, and I think you need what, uh, AK Mike, you have to have at least two amps. Um, and that, that was a problem I just ran into, uh, this week. I, I ordered a little small power supply. Um, turned out that it wasn't, uh, a switching power supply like your laptop, uh, power supply. It supposedly had enough amps, but I guess because it, it was a linear power supply, not a switching one. Um, anytime I plugged it in, I, I turned on the power and it jumped to, to move the temperature up. It, it couldn't get above 200 degrees without turning the, without resetting the iron because the uh, power supply would fail. So, you know, no problem. I'll send that back and grab another one. Yeah. So it's a matter of, uh, I don't know the electronics of it, but it's a matter of wattage that, 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 um, power supply can put out. Obviously, the more volts you have, uh, the less amps that's going to actually be required to make it work. But I think that most people, um, and Jay said you you don't get a power supply with it. Depends where you buy it from. You can actually get a unit that has a power supply included. That's what I did. I decided to buy one from that had the power Amazon, supply already, right? and they provided they provided a 19 volt uh, power supply. So basically, middle of the road. Uh, between what the, the two ends are that it can ex- accept, and that it works just fine. I think I think the amps. Are, I think I said it was two amp, two something amps. Is that right, Jay? Right. So uh, so, you know, really, it's just matter about how many wa- how much watts you're putting out from the power supply that you're using. So you you, you can use a three cell. It's the smallest battery you can use, but I don't think you get get the performance that you want out of that. No, um, so I, I, I hooked it up really- to a twelve cell, and if it goes pretty much. Um, you know, like 11.5, it starts getting wonky. Um, so really, I, I would say you have to have a four to a six cell to really, you know, maintain a good, having no problems, not getting, you know, below, you know, because once again, if you have it maxed out at that 800 degrees Fahrenheit, I think the three cell is going to be struggling where four cell will have no problem. Well, well if you had a three cell, like 4,000, um, then you might be able to hit those numbers because it's going to be about four amps coming out yes. of that battery. Yes, I think you're uh, right. And to, yeah, so that's it's going to be okay. But Jay's right. I mean, it's going to suck that battery down in no time, uh, as well. I imagine. So I think Jay's right. You know, anywhere from four to six. And then the thing to note, uh, it says there's warnings out there in the world. But if you use a six cell battery, that's actually overvolting the. If it's if it's a fully charged battery, you're going to overvolt the um, iron. So you want to be careful. If you're using a six volt battery that doesn't have full charge, yeah, I I, I read that, but I also read uh, uh, somewhere a uh, couple of things out there that they said, <clears throat> although they say it's only to twenty four, it can actually go up to twenty six volts. So, you, I'm not gonna. I'm not, you could test it on yours <laughs> and let me know if it if that plays out. Now, uh, once again, so. the name of ours is uh, the one that I got uh, Mike in Arizona is a TS. 100 but you got a sand saint or something it's it's basically a clone but it's called sand saint uh, and not a ts100 right yeah but it's actually it's also a ts100 it says that on oh, it does as it? well yeah but the company i bought it from is uh i don't remember their name at the moment um i, I can figure that out but uh yeah it's it's it just by a different i think a different vendor is putting it together okay well 
either way, if you put in TS100 and you just do a, a, a quick Google search, you'll, you'll find it either, either variant. Um, and like Mike said, the hard part about getting one of these is what tip that you want, because the pictures really don't give you the scale of the, you know, how small the tips are and, uh, or how big they are. And, um, so, uh, uh, you just got to take your best guess as to what you think you might want to use. Right. Now, one another feature that I really liked about yeah, this. Yeah, it's a Sane Smart Pro Sane Smart, 32. Okay. Sane Smart 32. Okay. Another feature that I, I really dig about this this iron is, once again, how smart it is. Uh, I think AK Mike was getting about it was the um, that it has accelerometers in it. So it can tell, <clears throat> excuse me, it can tell whether or not you're moving the the device. So if you put it down and after a minute, it'll go into a sleep mode, you pick it up. And when you put it in the sleep mode and it doesn't keep the, let's say you have the temperature at, you know, nuclear hot, 800 degrees Fahrenheit. Well, after a minute, it goes into a sleep mode and, uh, it cools down to like 350 or 300 or 250, or basically you can set whatever temperature you want it to rest at. And therefore it doesn't have to jump up with a lot of power to get it heated up again. So it just keeps in a warm mode. And then after about five or 10 minutes, depending on what you set, um, it'll, it'll actually go to sleep and turn itself off. Now it's not actually totally dead, but in like Mike's uh, example, he wouldn't have burnt the house down. So if he had hooked to a regular power supply, the power supply would be on, there would be no chance of fire because the unit would turn itself off. If he had it plugged into batteries, well, he might've drained that battery by the time he got back home. But he still has a oh, house. Yeah. Well, four days. <laughs> he still had a house, and you know, he might have ruined a twenty dollars battery. That's okay. I live on a twenty dollars <laughs> cardboard house. box. Yeah, oh. I don't think I don't think your wife wanted you yes. wants to live in that. You might, not her though. And <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's too funny. So uh, going back to the, the how, how do you do the um, what do you call that the uh, firmware upgrade. So you both talked about that, but yeah. what does that give you? What does that give you? I mean, you upgraded right. the firmware. You don't have to. You don't have to you upgrade the that firmware. It, uh, the only reason we're bringing it up is because most RC guys are. If you're soldering, like I said, uh, like flight control boards, and you're just putting headers on, you don't have to change anything. But it's when you're when you're starting to solder, you know, ten, twelve, fourteen gauge wire on batteries, and you know those type of connectors then you need, you need a little bit more heat, you know? And what this guy did with this open, open firmware, it was, he was able to go in there and actually boost what the, what came from the company, which was like you said, 400 degrees Celsius to be able to go 450 degrees Celsius, which would give you the power to melt whatever you want. And he, and he also uh, included uh, if, if you, uh, I think with the old software, it just said like uh, DC power support, supply and then like battery power supply well he put in there you get to select whether it's a three cell four cell or you know six cell and he had a warning you know the the where the where the lcd would flash at you saying you know warning battery low you know based upon what battery you're using so he made it smarter you know so if you're if you set it for a four cell battery and it gets down to you know 15 point whatever volts it starts flashing at you letting you know that it's low you know the battery's low as as were before, it, it, you know, it just said you just used the battery. Didn't know what what battery you're using. So, so he added in things like that that helped out the RC guy. 
this this unit, the more I read about it and the more I talk to you guys about it, is fairly amazing. Yeah. And then the fact that you can hook it up to a battery means that you can actually take it out yes, to the field. Absolutely. So now while I'm out and something happens, I you know break a wire, my day's not over because I can just use the same battery that the airplane's plugged into, plug my my soldering iron in, and then here we go. We just touch the uh, solder. I just means I got to carry <laughs> yeah. solder around in yeah. my bag. Well, now. you know, you just you just pull off a, a bit and throw it in a plastic bag, and you know that's something you just bury in your you bury in your uh, your flight bag or something. The, the part that I like about this iron it's is true. because it's so small. Like I said, it reminds me of like carrying a hobby knife. I, you know, that's my thoughts of it. It's so small that, you know, if you, if you put it in like a cigar tube, you know, you could carry it around. It's that that's light. That's true. I will tell you that uh, I'm sitting here with it come, uh, next to the Sharpie marker. This is a, a smaller Sharpie marker, and it's almost almost the same length as the Sharpie marker and the same. You know, if this was one of those bigger, mm-hmm. fatter ones. It would be exactly the same. So for reference, you know, it's kind of hard to show, but for reference, you can see a Sharpie um, or two double, uh, AAA, AA batteries, two AA batteries stacked on, uh, stacked on top of each other. Yeah. And if you take the tip out, you know, just with a quick Allen wrench, you pull out the tip. And if you stored that next to it, you Mm -hmm. put it in your pocket. No problem. Now, does it stay, Mike, does it stay hot uh, very long after you turn it off? Because I know that. My conventional one, once I turn it off, I can't go near it for you know an hour while it's cooling off. Well, I don't think it takes an hour, but, um, you know, it's it's metal, so it's going to take however long the metal takes to cool off. I mean, that's pretty standard, whatever it is. It doesn't have any special cooling properties that I could tell. Um, but like Jay said, I think that the tip that's active and using working is what's – um, is what's the part that's getting hot, and the rest of the metals for probably diffusing the heat and or just keeping the heat consistent. I assume, uh, as well as to hold the sensors that are probably in there. Uh, I mean, I don't know where the sensors are actually either. They could be in the in the electronics part. I'm not really clear on that. But I just it's just like I said, it's metal, so it's going to take some time to cool off. I I don't know if it's an hour, but it's going to take some time. No, to cool I, off. I've been playing with mine, and really within three to five minutes, it's cooled off in fact like i said you could just start playing with it and then unplug it and then plug it back in and it'll flash the temperature at you saying hey warning this thing is it'll say warning this the the tip is warm it'll start flashing what the temperature of the tip is and you can just sit there and watch it go down or up and it doesn't take it very long to get cool from say um you know five or six hundred degrees to uh where you can touch it like 120 where you could pick it up and not have to worry about burning yourself it doesn't take that long at all it's quite remarkable. Uh, one of the things that Jay didn't mention was there's also a standby heat level. So, for example, let's say you're working on a project and you put it into the holder and then you kind of uh, leave it there for three or four minutes. I can't remember what the default setting is, but you leave it there for a few minutes. Well, it'll actually power down um, and remove heat from the tip. So it, depending on what you have it set for, if you let it set for three minutes and that's what it's set for, it would go from whatever you had it running at to this power down mode so so that it's not burning full hot which would also help you keep the i I would assume would help with the length of time that the tip is workable well yeah i can tell you after four days the tip is not workable (laughs) it becomes art (laughs) Uh, it does become art and it becomes bent 
and it won't tend. So you can't heat anything yeah. up with that. With the system, if you want to, if you want to think about it, let's say you're working on a project and it takes you an hour to solder it up, cut the wires, you know, move the plane, do whatever, get all the things in place, you know. So the neat part about this iron is, if you were to do it the art the old way with an old iron, and it takes you an hour to do everything. Well, that means the iron was on for an hour. And let's say you had it at, you know, melt the sun type temperatures to, in order to make it work. Well, it has to stay on for a full hour, right. you know, till you got your job done. With this thing, it might be actually on at nuclear temperatures for five minutes, three minutes. That it actually took you to do the actual work because, you know, you put it down, it goes to a sleep mode or it goes to its power oh, down right, mode. You pick right. it up. It goes up to those hot temperatures. It's only for a few minutes. You put it down. It goes into sleep mode after a minute, or I mean, a, you know, a power down mode for after a minute of rest. And, you know, you're actually not putting a lot of stick time on it when you're using it, which is rather cool. Huh. I didn't think about that. So what do you set it on? I mean, because it doesn't come with a holder or anything like that. Is there, I mean, Mike, what do you use to set this on? I just use my third hand setup that I have. Uh, so it has... Yeah, it, it just it fits in there. It just goes it goes in the uh, even though it's really small for that setup, it it just sits in a way that it, it doesn't touch any. You know, it's just like it was. Uh, it's just the holder. I mean, I'm just using the same holder I did before. It kind of falls through a little bit, so the tip actually rests on the cast iron part of the, the base. third hand yeah. thing. But right, that, that's right. you know that's not going to kill it. Yeah. yeah, for me right now, I'm just using. Um, I have a pair of uh, pliers, uh, needle nose pliers, the ones that have the little bend in it, and I'm able to sit the iron uh, between the uh, the handles, and then it kind of rests on the actual metal of the pliers, and the tip stays up, you know, away from the table. And that's what I'm using right now. But um, they they uh, they show like a little wire, like this little wire. I don't know. I don't know how to describe it. It's like a wire. Uh, uh, or almost like an ashtray-looking thing. Looks like an upside-down yeah, U that it rests in. But honestly, yeah. you could you know you could almost just lay it down on its side and just leave it on the table because it doesn't. The tip doesn't shouldn't touch the table when you lay it down on its side. It's just that you know that doesn't seem very safe. <laughs> and then of course you can touch it. Give it a try. <laughs> that, that wouldn't be so so much fun either. Yeah, it's a it's about a. Eight to a quarter inch off the off the right. table with it sitting on its side. So I'm not recommending doing that, but well, that, you, you could I mean, get away with doing that. I'm just you know. Yeah, and it it'll actually sit uh, upright or on its side. I do want to say one thing. I was talking with one of our listeners, and uh, he was saying, "Okay, you guys keep talking about escapes. What the hell is an escape?" And I was like, "Oh well, um, because I use computers a lot." Uh, and I and the letters E S C means escape to me, so I have always called it an right. escape. Now I don't know if that's something that Jay always did too or not, or he just adapted my terminology or not. But uh, yeah, it's really an electronic speed controller, not an escape. Uh, escape is just True. the terminology yeah. I've used, and I think other people use it in it as well. But I know I do regularly. Yeah, we I usually regularly use the E S C as well or, or escape, but. It, it, it is an electronic speed controller, so that's the correct terminology. And I thought when we did our last podcast, we were probably not as clear with that as Oops. we should have been. But, yeah, that's what it, ESD, ESC usually stands for. 
uh, electronic speed controller. We just use the term escape. That was good. Good to bring that up there, Mike. Sure. Well, uh, our hour's about up, but it uh, it's amazing that this technology is coming out. I, you know, it's, I'm really excited about uh, all the new technology that comes out because every little you know new new thing that comes on the market helps us out in the long run. No, absolutely, and and I I have to say, for me, I'm not a super gadget guy, guy like you are, but I'm actually glad that you almost burned your house down because. I mean, this has kind of changed the whole way I look at soldering Yeah, just because of the, yeah, this the innovations true. with this. And it's not like they put like gee whiz miracle stuff into this. They just use some phone technology, you know, some, some simple logic, but they've totally changed how this iron is made. It's super safe, pretty sleek, portable. It's, it's not super expensive. Um, I say it's a good investment. It doesn't take up any room, you know, in fact, the biggest problem I've had right. with it is I keep misplacing it. One thing that I would have to say I didn't like about it or don't like about it is uh, the power supply I got with it, the cord isn't long enough to reach from the floor to the table uh, where I'm using the iron. So I have to pick the brick up. You know, there's a it goes into the wall and then it goes into a brick and then it goes right. to the to the back of it. And I have to pick that up and put it on the table uh, in order for that to work. Now, the cable's long enough to go from the wall to the table so I can put the brick on the table and work it. But it it just creates a little bit of, of a hassle factor. And because, um, because the thing is so light, the cable that you're using, like that's connected to it, it sort of drags the, the back end around. I mean, it puts pressure on it. That's not a big deal because I just you know I'll just use my hand to to control it. But it was just those were things that I, that I noticed that were sort of a downside relative to my current iron, which doesn't have that problem. It's right. the cord is plenty long for that. No, that makes that makes perfect sense. Well, what else do you have to add for this uh, TS one hundred? It uh, it runs retails for about what fifty nine to seventy nine dollars. Yeah, uh, depending on which kit you get. Um... It comes with, I want to say, it's anywhere from five or six different tips, depending on what you want to use it for. Um, you do have to get a power supply for it. So uh, I think, you know, uh, Mike got a got a standalone power supply. AK Mike got a power uh, standalone power supply. Uh, I, I kind of jerry-rigged a cable together that I could use with my battery power supply because I can go up to 24 volts on it. Um, Arizona, Mike, you you know, I think you got a uh, cable with yours so you could hook it up to an XT60 connector so you can use it on batteries and you can use it on your power supply. That's so, I mean, it's really versatile Correct. depending on how you want to how you want to use this thing. It's just that you have to realize that you have to pre- you have to pre- you know present the power supply. So, you know, you're not going to get anything with it in that that respect. But uh, yeah, I I have to recommend it highly. Uh, it comes in three colors, right? It comes in orange, black, and blue. Actually, this th- this thing is really modular. So it co- basically comes in one color, like a Model T Ford. It comes in black. But you can get two other colors, uh, blue and orange, depending on the kit. And then they also have an accessory pack where they have, I want to say, up to you know, five different colors if you want to change the body out. They have a translucent one. They have, uh, 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 I think, a fluorescent orange, uh, a red, and some other colors, uh, brown, and some other colors as well. So 
you know, if you want to change your if you want to change your iron up and you want to look totally different than the other guy, you can you can modify it. Uh, also, uh, for AK Mike, very cool. Uh, with this firmware, you can also put your own logo on the uh, the boot up. Right when it boots up, it could say, "Hey, you know, Mike's hot iron <laughs> or hot stick or something." <laughs> Mike's hot yeah, stick. You could, yeah. I, oh, I wouldn't gosh. do that, but you could. Yeah, you could. Yeah, you, I, you I could don't do know that, if I'd but do I wouldn't that do that so uh yeah uh also like so you, uh we get a bunch of tips you yeah jay i wanted to, i wanted to mention to you I, I wanted to mention to you that that on mine uh it actually came the power supply came with the unit so if you buy the same smart pro 32 one yes it actually has the power supply in the unit so i think i paid i think i ended up paying 60 bucks or yeah delivered to alaska like yeah delivered to alaska yeah everybody don't walk Run and go get this iron. <laughs> <laughs> Don't walk, run, and go get the iron. Well, the quad guys have uh, pretty much uh, broken this out because they've been using it for at least a few months. Uh, the RC guys have yet to um, log on to or you know grab onto this technology. But the three of us now have it, so we wanted to present it to you in the Park Flyer podcast. So um, we'll post a, a link on where to get some of these items. And it's a great tool to uh, add to your toolbox, I guess, in, in the in the soldering uh, world. And it helps you not to uh, do like I do and try to burn Yay. the house. Yeah, and your wives will love you for not burning down the house. So, excellent. Yes, yes, that's true. Well, anything new on the horizon before we go? Uh, let's see. For me, um, uh, no, I just have two planes. I got a, I got a maiden. Uh, I think uh, AK Mike has a plane almost there. Yeah, almost there. It should be here tomorrow, actually. And Excellent. Then, and, and you got one, and you just today. got a new toy today with a hole in it. <laughs> I did. Uh, <laughs> but just a hole. In oh, it. it's, it's a a te- okay. I couldn't tell if it, uh, it was tearing the box or UPS man was you know kicking it, kicking its ribs in. I, I couldn't tell which. No, I I opened it and checked, and oh, all good. the parts are still in good condition. The the hole where the where the whatever punctured the box uh, did not go into any parts. Okay. So he, did you find that one on the lawn ornaments outside the house or like, you know? Uh, yeah, they tossed it over the fence. <laughs> well, you said the uh, the no, iron one, on you just happened to stumble upon it because they put it like on the wall or they hit it or? Uh, that is true. Yeah, the, the the little box that the iron came in was really small and they just dropped it behind a plant uh, <laughs> out in my front yard where my pony wall comes in. I have a, a wall that kind of surrounds the front part of the front part of the yard. It's a little porch patio kind of sitting area and, and they just dropped it behind a plant there. So had I not been paying attention, I would, I walked right past that thing about three times before I finally go, what is that in the bush? And <laughs> the I looked bush. it up. And, you know, <laughs> well, we're just making sure nobody stole it. <laughs> hey, it kind of, he it found it. <laughs> yeah. I was actually, uh, running back and forth. We, uh, you know, I live on some acreage and, uh, my wife had found a snake in the garage and was a little worried about it. So I was, I was busy. <laughs> Uh, messing around with this snake and trying to get it relocated out into a better part of the yard. Uh, it was a good snake for us. You know, we like to keep those. Uh, and as I was walking back past my, you know, entrance way, I have a big archway. Uh, I saw it kind of out of the corner of my eye. I saw a white box sitting on the ground behind the plant, and I thought, what the heck? And I walked over there, and sure enough, it was UPS 
United States postal system and you know, just drop it right there at the gate. And well, you better go yeah. search all around your property then. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Easter. It's an Easter egg hunt for new products. Uh, no, the other, the big box uh, that I have is the new airplane. Um, I had to retire an old friend not too long ago. My 3d hobby shop, extra SHP finally agreed to, to no longer, uh, continue the uh, effort after 250 flights. And what I say, it was like since 2010, so almost eight or 10 or no, 2008. So yeah, it's almost, almost, almost 10 years, uh, yeah, almost 10 years, so almost 10 years. I've had it over 250 flights. And, uh, I, I had some repairs to do to it. And when I started pulling the, um, the covering off of it, parts started falling out. So she so pretty much gave up the, the ghost uh, a year or so ago and mm-hmm. it was only the covering that was keeping her alive. That was holding it together. Yeah. Which is amazing. Cause I fly that airplane really hard. I mean, it is, I tumble it and knife edge spin it and, you know, touch and goes and hover and tail touches and that kind of thing. So I do fly that airplane with some uh you know gusto <laughs> i guess is a good way to say it and the covering did hold it together so it it was amazing that she lasted that long uh but i thought eh, rather than watch it just crater into the ground i would be the one to you know say goodbye and uh so as a result that uh, we retired it but i replaced it with the new uh 3d hobby shop edge 540 demonstrator Ooh. so it arrived today and I'll have to um, break it out of the box this weekend and, and kind of see if I can get well, it together. Uh, it sounds like your old plane, uh, its soul will live live in this one. So all the guts will come out and go into her. So I awesome. Hope so. Yeah, they are. Because they are. I can uh, pretty much transfer almost everything over to this one. So I'm pretty excited about it. So. Well, my, Mike, what's the new airplane that you're getting? It is called a Talon. What does it do? Flies. Uh, oh, it's a, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's a, the reason why I got it is because it's a portable plane. The wings are supposed to be able to come off it real easy and the tail's supposed to come off it real easy. So, uh, if I decide to come down to, uh, the lower 48 at some point, I could maybe bring that with me as a plane to fly. Uh, if I can sneak in some lipos on the airplane, you know, not get them, yeah, not have to go. leave them at home or something. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah. Well, I mean, is, is that really a problem, Mike? Lipos on the plane? Uh, some some lipos on the airplane uh, we don't allow, but some of them actually have to be up in the passenger cabin as opposed to underneath. Okay, good because you know I've been traveling with mine all the time, so whoops. Yeah, no, I've traveled with some too, but uh, they're no different than what you have in your phone. So you just have to be aware of them. Okay. Thank goodness I don't want to be jacked up with the TSA, you know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So. Well, fellas, we appreciate you uh, joining us uh, tonight on the Park Fire Podcast. Mike, it's it's great to have you as a host. Uh, we will uh, have to do some more episodes with you. It's always a pleasure to have your contribution. And your, um, well, your well thanks for having me. Uh, all the time. Yeah, all the time. Uh, Jay, we uh, appreciate you uh, joining us as well. I'm glad the weather's getting better Woo-hoo. down there. I think the holiday seasons are coming up, so Jay and I may get together and uh, do some flying. I can get some time off and get down. Yeah, we'll have to have a turkey day or chasing the turkeys. Yeah, that's true. Uh, Mike, I think uh, they just announced the Electric Festival, so we'll put that on our calendar and talk about it as it gets a little closer. 
Yeah, that's good. That's a good idea. I think we will. For uh, Michael here in Arizona. And from the hill country of Texas. And Mike in Alaska. Well, thanks for joining us, and we'll see you in two weeks. You have been listening to the Park Flyer Podcast. Thank you for joining us, and we look forward to your next visit. Please give our show a star rating and review, and feel free to email us your questions, topics, or suggestions to parkflyerpodcast at gmail.com.